Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, man. Coming in, new episode, Six Pack Discussions. Jared and Cody here. Um, we are drinking a Modern Times Orderville beer today. Uh, it's a hazy mosaic IPA. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Uh, Jared, what are we talking about today, man? Today we're going to be talking a little bit about illegal immigration, but not so much as the crisis that we reverted to, I believe, back in episode 26-ish, okay. you know, early on. Um, but this is more so, you know, how would you describe it? Almost the, what is illegal immigration? Yep. Awesome. And, you know, what are the real repercussions to yeah. society, right? So we're not going to, this isn't just going to be a replay or rehash of, you know, six months ago now. But what was, I'm sorry, maybe I don't even remember. We did an episode on this. We did. What was it about? It was the immigration crisis back, back whenever uh, President Biden kind of appointed Kamala uh-huh. over it. And we discussed, you know, kind of the, the pros and cons if that was getting. Really? Yeah. I have, I have no recollection of this at all. Really? Uh-uh. How weird. You know, it's actually kind of funny because as I was doing research this morning, so I don't know if you're kidding, but I am not because I didn't either. And Brittany, as I'm doing research this morning, right as uh, she's making breakfast or I'm, I'm making breakfast, whatever, and kind of in between, she goes, uh, didn't you guys already do that? And I was like, no, no, no. She's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm almost positive. And then she started like rattling off points, but we did episode 26, illegal immigration crisis and issues. And it was uh, the crisis at the border has been constantly in the news for the better part of a year and blah, 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 blah. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Wow, man. So, so this is the way I attack this is kind of the repercussions from an economic standpoint. Yeah. Right. So I think this is going to differ slightly, but unfortunately, guys, this is still a problem. Right? Well, it's not nearly as covered. Well, we now. did this a year ago. If that was episode 26 or so. So it's changed dramatically in the last year, even, mm-hmm. um, you know, certain governors have, have t- tried to attack this different ways. Um, you know, one thing that I, I saw this morning, which was just, you know, impressive at this point is that there is now been over 200, sorry, not 200, I wish 2.1 million illegal immigrant, um, encounters at the border in 2022, 2 million people have tried to come across the border. And, and of course some of them have. So I, I want to get down on this. Did you already introduce the beer? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. You did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Did you see that number though? Two million people this year. That means we're probably going to hit about probably two point five for the whole year. Did Did you see the figure? And this is a very difficult figure, I think, to quantify about how many projected people are here in America illegally. You know, it's funny. I've seen twelve million thrown around a bunch, but they think it's as, maybe as high as eighteen. Right? Ooh, I did. I never saw eighteen. I was seeing anywhere as low as eight to as high as fourteen. That's the highest I got. Uh, I know I saw a big number and I was so blown away because I didn't know. And the 12 is from like eight years ago. That's why I think they think it is much higher now. But still, 14 million undocumented workers right now are in the U.S. And majority of them are um, overstay on their visa, I believe. Yeah, right? that's, that's, that's probably one of the bigger culprits. You know, one thing that I thought was really interesting hmm. is... You know, the states that have a high illegal immigrant population. California, Arizona, Illinois, New York, Texas. Did you know that in those four states, 
our car insurance is considerably higher mm-hmm. than the rest because a lot of these Ill- illegal immigrants are driving without licenses and the 100%. insurance company knows that. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I never realized that until I read it today. I also, this is another quote, kind of crazy stat. Um, did you know that illegal immigrants make up about a 10th of the American workforce right now? No, I didn't come across that. A 10th. So, you know, 10 million people and there's about a hundred million uh, active workers in the U S so about a 10th of the workforce is uh, currently non-documented uh, meaning, you know, they could be paying taxes. They could not be paying taxes. I did see the vast majority though did pay taxes. Did you see that? That's what it's so, kind of stated. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I, I, I you're correct. However, there's still a, a deficit. Oh no! Yeah. No, okay. No, yeah. yeah. So they will earn twenty six thousand yep. dollars on average yeah. per year, and they will pay eleven thousand dollars in taxes. However, they end up getting a majority of that eleven thousand dollars back. Yeah, it looks like so. So that's still about a fourteen thousand dollars deficit, is what I was right reading. Is that correct, or did you read something different? No, that's about right. I, I just know that. Um, I think it was man, so much stuff on this actually right now. But um, what did I see? So fourteen thousand. Oh, let me. Let's just do some quick math. Let's just say, is it fair to say, a conservative number of illegal immigrants is, is ten million? Yeah, I, I would say that's even low, but yeah. I, I would say it's low, but yeah, that's one point four times ten to the eleventh power on the burden. Turn it sideways. So a hundred uh, is that is that one hundred forty billion? One hundred and forty billion dollars. Is the taxpayer burden? Yep. I mean, just assuming that they run at a $14,000 per illegal deficit and there's 10 million of them. $140 billion. That is a lot of money. A year. Yeah, a year. That's on other taxpayers to cover their cost. Mm -hmm. You know, it was was really interesting. So I was in an Uber and this is probably, ah, shoot, I'm drawing a blank on where I was. I know it was Brittany. I think we may have been in Dallas. And anyways, the uh, the Uber, it, it was really strange how we got in the car. And I've never met someone that wanted to talk about politics more. Uh, they, Uber driver? Yeah, they wanted to talk about, hey, I'm not even talking about like, hi, my name is Janice. It's like, hey, so are you guys pro-choice or pro-life? Oh my gosh. It, it, that was the the greeting. It was right whenever it was getting real hot and heavy about you know Roe mm. v. Wade and everything. And that was here. I think you actually mentioned it was on your way back to your house from the Phoenix airport. It was, but I, I okay. I just remember I was with Britt. I can't remember. We must have yeah. came back from somewhere. And anyways, um, you know, after we got past <laughs> Railroaded, that. Yeah. yeah, past that. Then she wanted to know our opinions on illegal immigration. Just go through everything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, hey, are you a listener yet? Um, <laughs> so anyways, she was like, yeah, I just don't know why we, we just don't let everyone come in. Wow. I was like, I was like, well, you, you do understand, like, they're really expensive. And she goes, how can, how, can you, how can you just talk about money when it's someone's life? And I was like, well, look, I get it. And I know that that can easily come off as heartless whenever you don't understand the facts that I'm basing that opinion or that statement off of. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, look, you know, <laughs> I'm like turning into my neighborhood. I was like, look, if you actually want to have a, a deeper conversation about it, I, I'm, I'm more than open. Yeah. But... They are expensive, and I'm sorry. the The dollar kind of makes the world go round here in America. Well, not only that, but it'd be the same thing as saying, "Hey, you know what? 
just like she said, why don't we just let everybody in that wants to come into America? Well, why don't we just let people that don't pay taxes not, you know, not have repercussions, right? That would be, you know, we would be upset about that. Most people would be very upset about that. How many people would pay their taxes if there was no repercussions for it, right? There, there, the, the reason there's a law is because there are repercussions that could affect the vast majority of people, right? Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I think it's, I think it's better said. Um, um, so it's funny, I found my number here. So uh, according to the US government right now on paper, they believe uh, 12 million illegal immigrants as of 2015. Wow. So studies rec- more recently in 2019 believes the number to be close, closer to 17 million, but could be as high as 22 million. And, and guys, let's, let's talk about the percentages of America's population. What are we at? Probably 350 million? I'd say three thirty three. What is that? Probably eight percent. Yeah. So just almost ten percent of the population is undocumented. Golly. And what it means to be undocumented, guys, it just means that that person has, you know, they're not a U.S. citizen. Um, they technically are not really allowed to, um, you know, work uh, according to the federal government, meaning like have like a, a W two job. Um, you know, they really don't have any type of tracking mechanism, meaning that they probably don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, especially because my brother works in construction. Construction is the highest tier, I think. Uh, Actually, sorry, it's the second highest. So agricultural workers, 36% of all agricultural workers in the United States are undocumented. So that's a lot, 36% uh, of agricultural. The next one is uh, construction trades, 20%. So 20% of construction workers in the U.S. are illegal immigrants. And my brother, of course, in construction, he's like, oh, yeah, it's extremely common to have a job site where everybody has fake social security numbers. And I'm like, how does that come up? They talk about it because their names change. From one job to the next chain, they'll talk, they'll have their name, and that that social security card either gets fraudulent or it gets caught or that number, so they get another one. And he's like, yeah, it's weird because like they all have like these white names, but then they have to say their other name on the job site because he speaks pretty good Spanish now. And he's like, from one job to the next job, he'll see that guy, you know, six months later and he's going by a different white name. And I would say white name guys, I'm saying like John or George. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not like, you know, the, the name that maybe is their real name. I'm just saying like a, a name that is like very, um, uh, not like very traditional. Americanized. Yeah. yeah. Very Americanized name that's been around for a long time. Usually like a, a very simple name. Um, and so very interesting to kind of see that. Um, because of course, you know, there's a lot of, he actually says there's a lot of white illegal immigrants, but they're from different countries, of course. Mm. And so it's not an American name. I shouldn't have said white because he's like, I got a lot of people from, uh, uh, on the job sites from like Poland and, um, Czech Republic that come over here as construction workers. And they're also undocumented. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, often I'm really happy that you just made that clarification there because I think all too often, especially here in Arizona, because we are a border state that, Everyone automatically thinks that they're, we're talking about people from Mexico. No, they're from all over the place. Like I said, majority of people are staying, overstaying their visa are from like India, China, and Eastern Bloc uh, Europe. But but would you agree? I yeah. would say the layman or the common man or woman 100%. would say that, oh, they're all from Mexico. 100%. Um, did and it's you, because we're in Arizona. I think we, we feel that way. Exactly. Because we're three, three hours away from the Mexican border. Yeah. Very easy. Did you see how polarizing. I don't know if you came across the Gallup poll by chance as far as um, they broke it down as far as registered Republicans versus registered Democrats on if they think that there's a uh, an immigration problem or not. And of course, you know, they use the classic Gallup scale um, 
it was like, you know, a significant problem, sort of a problem, no problem at all, not concerned or something like that, right? So Republicans, 64% of them said that this is a, a significant problem, only second to inflation right now. This was this oh, was a poll done in recent. March of 2022. Okay. And it was something crazy. I, I, I just tried scrolling through my phone to find it. I apologize, guys. But it was like 20% of Democrats think that the immigration, illegal immigration is a significant problem. It, it was like a 46% gap between the Republicans and the Democrats as far as significant problems. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting how they both get there, right? Because of course I'm not saying either party or either group is wrong because there's a, a linear thought process to get to that answer, right? So Republicans are probably thinking, okay, hey, in this sense, if we have people coming in through a border, if we have people coming in overstaying their visas, they, they're probably believing, I'm believing from a Republican point of view, is they're probably thinking, is this person taking a job from another American? And are they possibly also putting downward pressure on wages, meaning that an American worker that wants to get paid, say, $15 an hour, if there's somebody that is undocumented that is willing to receive $12 an hour, who gets the job? an hour. So now there's an American worker that um, doesn't have the job in the first place. And then also the entire industry or that entire market doesn't see the proper wage increases to help definitely push back on inflation. And so there's kind of like, I I would say that's probably the Republican mindset is, is that there's a downward pressure on wages and also are you taking possibly American jobs? And I'll talk about a little bit about this because I think who it affects the most is probably who most Democrats are wanting to protect. Because let's take now a look at the Democrat point of view is Democrats are saying, hey, these people are fleeing countries that are not as well off as America. And the last thing we want to do is is have a human being right, have to stay in their host country if there is civil war, if there is children and women that are possibly um, being uh, prosecuted for you know religion Whatever it may be, I'm guessing from the Democrat point of view is, hey, we want to make sure that we can provide kind of shelter to these people that are impoverished. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we are, we're, we're a well-off country. We can receive you. I would say that's the kind of two different points of view to get to the answer of, yes, we don't think it's a problem. We do think it's a problem. What do you think? Is that sound about right? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, a fair summation. It's just, I guess, and guys, I know I've said this probably a little bit more recently than I have in the in this podcast, but you know, the whole reason why Cody and I originally started this probably what about a year and a half ago now ish is because, you know, we don't think that we're that far black and white. It's a lot of shades of gray, but it's just interesting. Whenever you do come across a, a poll, like, I mean, Gallup is probably one of the more respected polling agencies out there. And it's just concerning that there are people that there's 46% gap, man. That's a lot massive and that's why i think that people when i was saying those two different kind of summaries i'm thinking that people aren't getting there because of their political affiliation they just believe something differently like down deep right like oh i want to help my fellow american make sure that their wages increase every year and they don't have outside pressure um that's of course republican and then democrats saying hey you know what i want to help everybody i want to help out everybody Yeah. yeah Um, neither right or wrong. I would say, I mean, you can make a case for both. They both have good morality bases and then we just have to figure out what's better for everybody. Right. Um, so here's one I kind of left out. Um, one thing that I think is a unintended consequence though, of 
the point of view of helping out everybody is unfortunately the people that are most impacted by illegal immigrants are actually low income earners, uh, young black males. So young black males, um, they are the ones that are in most cases going to be displaced or receive less, uh, um, raises into the future due to an an undocumented worker working in the job that they would have had. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is about six in 10 adult black males have a high school diploma or less. Which is that again? Six in 10 adult black males have a high school diploma or less. So meaning that only four Four out of 10 go to college. Exactly. Well, not even, not even just have a, uh, some college, I believe there was some college and then a degree, bachelor degree. Right. But this is meaning that, hey, a majority of young black males have a high school diploma or didn't graduate high school. Here's the issue. A majority of undocumented workers are the exact same skill set. So when they are coming across the border, overstaying their visa, whatever it may be, they are in the exact same education level. And they're essentially uh, competing, if they're in the same market, for the exact same jobs. So you have a young black male who has a high school diploma in, uh, let's say, Atlanta or Phoenix or whatever it may be, and there is somebody that overstays their visa from India or uh, comes across the border from Mexico or Nicaragua, whatever it may be, they're also competing for that exact same entry-level job for $10, $12 an hour. So what happens when the undocumented worker says, hey, $10 is a lot of money. I'll I'll do it for eight. Who gets the job? We already talked talk about it. And, and that's the issue is you're seeing that and people that want to get out of their situations, specifically young black males, don't have that opportunity because in some cases, immigration is a flood. It, it almost is the jobs, the job rate can't keep up with the amount of people that actually need to be in the workforce. So there's just one little kind of unintended consequence of trying to help out everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. If you try to help out everyone, you help out nobody. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and guys, I know this is hard. I know that's an unpopular take or unpopular opinion, but you, you got to figure out, you know, who you're truly trying to protect. And, and outside of the political bullshit, I'm, I'm not trying to, to get political here. I'm really not. I don't care. We're, we're here to just talk in a bright button. We're trying to take account both sides of the fence here because they're both have valid points. But whenever you end up hurting the very people that you're claiming to protect, that's when I have a problem. Right? I mean, a hundred percent. Oh, that's fair. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so this is the best article I found. I don't know if you read this one, but the one that I was just blown away, it's uh, it was actually, um, written in the Politico, I think three or four years ago. It's, it's called yes. Immigration hurts American workers. Um, and this guy, he's a Harvard professor. He did like a 10-year study on the effects of immigration on certain wage individuals. Here's what he found. Research suggests that a 10% immigration-induced increase in labor supply, which, of course, in the last year, we've seen more than 10%, right? It's it's been dramatic. 10% increase in, in the labor supply in a certain market. Right In Phoenix, this is normal, right? We have this every single year. We see more mm-hmm. our, our market increases. Is associated with a 4% decrease in black wages, a 3.5% decrease in black in employment and a 0.8% increase in black incarcer- incarceration rate. 
This correlation held true in both national and state-level data, according to Hansen, who's the professor at Harvard. The same data showed that the effect of immigration on white men produced a 4.1% decrease in wages, so very similar, four versus 4.1, but had a much less effect on employment and incarceration mm. rates. So it looks like the, the white gentleman would have probably kept his job at a lower wage, but the black gentleman was directly replaced by the immigration in most cases and also saw less wages. That's that's pretty like, those are real numbers. No, no, they are. They are. But you know what I want to push back on slightly? And unfortunately, I, I tried to research this and, and maybe I just couldn't figure out the white path to go down to in order to actually quantify some of this qualitative things I'm about to say, but... A lot of the studies will show that, you know, these un undocumented workers, these illegal aliens, whatever you want to call them, they're like, oh, they, they, they push out Americans out of out of jobs. Yeah. What I've been kind of saying this whole time. Exactly. But my beef, let's take the last two years into account. Mm -hmm. Is it just maybe Americans are freaking lazy? Oh, no, I agree there, too. So, oh, so yeah. that's, that's where it really pisses me off whenever these illegal immigrants are getting and i'm not saying that I, 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 we'll, we'll get to our opinion later i'm not saying that you know they're they're god's gift to earth or anything but americans have proven over the last two years that we would rather sit around and do nothing and just hope for a stimulus check than actually get a fucking job i am how many times have you went into 100%. a chipotle or how many times have you went into a freaking you know other restaurant or that it's kind of shitty service right now because they're running on fumes because they have nobody cooking the food. They have no one serving you. They have no one waiting on your table. They have no one changing your car oil. They have no one to do anything. Me and Anna just talked about this yesterday, my wife, right? We were in a drive-thru and we're thinking, huh, this is taking an absurd amount of time. And, and we talked about all the places that we've been to recently where the service is absolutely horrendous. And I said this, I was like, hey, it's not only because they don't have enough staff that they can fill, but also the people that are there can't be disciplined for their lack of service. Because, because if you did, they they'd have, leave. They have no one. And exactly. they know that. And, and the manager or the owner of that business goes like this. I love this point that you just made because we were just talking about this yesterday. It's so relevant. The manager or the owner goes like this. Well, if I reprimand that person for giving really shitty service, he might just quit because the opportunities out there are vast. Endless. And that per that kid, that 19, yeah, th 20 year this old. This kid is, he may suck, but he's better than nothing. Bingo. I have to fill seats right now and I don't care. I can't train them properly because they don't want to listen. Mm -mm. And so it is horrible because what you're stating is, is that, you know what? We have people that are hungry for jobs mm -hmm. coming across the border, overstaying their visas, whatever it may be. And they're hungry for a less wage and work way harder. You, you, that's, I'm so glad that you made that last point because I was actually, that was on the tip of my tongue. You know, we talk about, we tout, we proudly tout the American dream. Oh, yeah. That, you know, someone coming from nothing can truly rise to an empire, right? I mean, there, there's dozens and dozens of examples, right? How many Americans truly believe that? Because I know everyone outside of America. Interesting. You're saying. Believes the American dream more. So that's where I get, I've gotten really oh. pissed and I've gotten really sensitive over the last couple of years because. It's embarrassing. You can't go into a place of employment to both of our jobs, including oh, yeah. to where we can't pay people enough money uh -uh. to work. Oh, it's absurd. I got guys that I'm like, where the hell are you been? 
They work. They show up for two hours a, a a day now. And what can you do? Because and they're better than nothing. It's funny, you know. Have you ever heard the saying, "If you don't eat your lunch, someone else will"? Or, or, oh yeah, right. This is what's going on right now. Jared just spilling all over himself right now. Yep. First time drinking a beer, huh? Evidently, I missed my mouth. This is embarrassing. Let me do this last point. Let, and we'll let, introduce, or we'll do the beers. Yep. Um. Right now, that's kind of what's going on. Is is we have people that are hungry for America's path to success, and they're saying, "Well, shit! If Americans are going to take advantage of this, we're coming over there. We're going to eat lunch. We're going to do it because you guys are taking advantage right now of the system, dude. You're right. I love that. You know, it's so funny because th- this is oftentimes, and we've we've uh-huh. been able to made reference about this because in previous episodes on a multitude of subjects, but that's in reference to the government versus private, right? To where the private, they're forced to innovate, they're forced to do everything. To where the government, it's the government. They know they're so big, they know they kind of got an easy life. They get free money, taxpayer. So now it seems like Americans are almost acting in a very governmental type mindset to where like, oh, I'm American. Like, I, I know, I know, in. I know daddy is going to take care of me, you know, via stimulus checks and all these other kind of handouts. pay my rent because right now there's a rent uh, embargo or whatever. Exactly. You can't even evict me. Yeah. To where now these immigrants, uh, either illegally or illegal. They're coming from somewhere that doesn't exist. Like, holy shit. I, I can, the more I work, the harder I work, the more I can promote, the more I can make, the more I can do. Holy shit, this is awesome. And it's almost like a mindset shift where it's almost a very privatized mindset to where like, wow, I'm going to bust my ass. And I get it, guys. The majority of illegal immigrants are hardworking, very hardworking, but they are a lot of jobs that I'm not going to say they don't require a lot of skill because that's not true. Well, no, you know, I have the number here just so we're not trying to speak out of hand. It's 81%. So 81% of the illegal immigrant population are in currently the low skill sector. So that, that's what I think you were trying to state in a nice way. I, I am, but their jobs that they're doing, I understand from a classification standpoint, yeah. you know, they're not, they're not CEOs and stuff like that. It's agricultural, uh, labor, labor intensive But jobs. that's still difficult shit, you know what I mean? Oh, way difficult. Yeah, like the, 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 the term low skill, I know that's proper. Yeah. That just bothers me because, I know. you know, I've seen some of their, some of these tradesmen. And oh, Holy yeah. shit. And that's where it bothers me because they are high skilled and I guess a technically low skilled. So that just pisses me off. It's funny because from a I, nomenclature standpoint, I agree. And every time I read that, when they say low skill, I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe the agricultural jobs are low skill, but a tradesman who has been, you know, framing walls or something like that. Hell, you ask 99% of Americans to do that. They I probably can't. couldn't figure it out for a year. I know. So that, that bothers me about the classification. But I agree with you. I, I understand. We're not trying to be demeaning or anything. That's just yeah. how it's classified. The Department of Labor has their exactly. You have to classify everything. Right? But uh, but yeah, beer. Let's All talk right. about it. So I like as you uh, as you introduce this is Orderville. I'm sorry, Modern Times Orv- Orderville. <laughs> that's hard to say. Um, Orderville. That's all it's called. Modern Times beer. It's em- a employee uh, owned. I didn't realize Modern Times was employee owned. That's kind of cool. cool, right? Uh, hazy cool. Mosaic IPA. Ooh, here we go. Orderville is a hazy IPA that blends the fruit forward character of mosaic, which I didn't know that's a fruit, and sultana hops with a ooh, resinous stickiness found in a... Oh, dude, what is going on with these I words? I was so happy I'm not having to read this. In a melange of dra- dank varieties. <laughs> that's like five words that should not be all used in one sentence. What the hell is resinous? What is dank? I don't even know what dank is. That's something stoners used to say in high school. Yo, like, it's like dank. good, yeah. The resulting beer is immensely rad with an unmistakable banging aroma 
and a fully saturated hot flavor and finish. The juicy body provides a base layer upon which the massive, incredibly delicious hop character is built. Inviting your taste buds to join a drum circle of flavor in a magical forest of hops. Dude, that is not only the longest beer summary that we've ever had. I don't know what the hell you said, though. And it also... I didn't retain anything. <laughs> it also is the most complicated word structure. Like, this This is like a PhD level of writing. Like, I, I don't know what that means. What do you got there, buddy? Did you, uh, this, beer is, this beer is vegan. Oh, it's a vegan beer. I think most beer is vegan, right? Let's be honest. Dude, I saw something. 7.2. I Ooh. saw something. Uh, From San Diego. I was at Sprouts a couple weeks ago, and they were marketing this water as being paleo-friendly, keto-friendly, and Whole30 water. What does that mean, Whole30? Is that, is that oh, it's a little fad diet. It's a brand? Yeah. No, 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 Whole30. It's like this diet to where it's... Um, no alcohol, like only whole foods for, for 30 days. And, oh, okay. Yeah, My no. brother's done that a couple times, I think. Yeah. Where he just says 30 days, no drinking, only like uh, no processed items. Correct. I think. Oh, yeah, whole 30. And and so the water was, isn't all water probably all 30? That was my point. You know, it's funny. So the other day I was doing something. In the Got back- out of the marketers, right? I was doing something in the backyard. And uh, me and Lillian were playing in the backyard. We were just doing some stuff. And... Uh, you know, I was really just having her play and I was doing some mowing the lawn. I said, like, man, I'm really thirsty. So I grabbed the hose and I started drinking out of the hose and Lillian thought it was really cool. So she comes over and starts drinking out of the hose. And uh, Anna comes up. She's like, hey, what are you guys doing? She's, I'm like, we're drinking out of the hose. The dogs are. We're drinking. We're all drinking. We're all drinking the hose. And uh, she's like, I don't think Lillian should be drinking out of the hose. I'm like, why? I'm like, it's, I did all my childhood. I'm like, what's, how fun is this? Like, she drinks salt water probably in the pool. Like, let's be honest. Like, she like doesn't really, like, come on. And so, uh, it's weird because, <laughs> to your point, water is really water. There could be a couple of little things. It's such a mom thing versus a dad thing, I though. Know, I know, right. Dude, so, so I got asked, did Lillian continue drinking out of the hose? Oh, please. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's way fun. How fun <laughs> is it drinking out of a hose as a two-year-old? Right? Like, she can give it to the dogs. The dogs, like, surf it up. And then she can put it in her own mouth. Like, come on. How fun is that? <laughs> and then meanwhile, she's also, you know, washing oh, her head yeah. off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the hose is one of those things that I think every single kid thinks is like magical. She loves it. Anytime we break out the hose and the water's just flown out of it, it's like a magical experience for that like toddler age. They just think it's kind of like cool. Dude, um, you probably didn't experience, I know you didn't experience this in Arizona. One, because you're probably a little too old, but um, probably back in your Washington or California days. Did your parents ever have a sprinkler? Oh yeah. So you like you, oh, yeah. you you screw it onto the hose oh, yeah. and it just goes from left to right. Honestly, left I think right. maybe in Dallas when I lived there, Texas and Washington. How, yeah, Texas. How fun was that oh, yeah. to just run through? It's funny, you know, I was talking to somebody literally about our podcast. Uh she lives up in Canada. She's actually our I think she might be our root cause of our Canadian listenership. Which if you remember, like probably in like episode twenty to thirty. We were top ten. We were a top ten philosophy episode in Canada. Yeah. And I think she actually started it, which is funny. She must have mentioned it because our Canada listenership kind of blew up. And uh so I was chatting with her via email about some stuff actually about work. And then I asked her, Hey, are you still listen? She's like, Yeah. And uh she's like, I got a couple ideas for you. So I was like, please tell me explicitly. Um but one thing she mentioned was that we should do an episode on grass, which I think I mentioned one. You did, yeah, yeah, a couple episodes ago, I think. And 
it's funny because I'm still thinking about it to this day. So it means that it's probably important, right? If I'm still thinking like it's kind of weird, it's controversial. And me and you just talked about childhood experiences that impacted us to this day about playing in the grass with water. And I'm wondering how much of an impact that could actually have on so a child. So because I make a damn comment about a sprinkler, I have to research about grass now, huh? Not marijuana either. I know you. So want, I know you'd rather research about that, but not that kind of grass, buddy. Some Bermuda rye, yeah, yeah, uh, Augustine yeah. type of grass. Oh my. Okay, gosh. so getting back to right, illegal cool. immigration, man. Um, I don't want to get into our opinions just yet. Nope. Just because there's still more that I think we should talk about. Um, we have over two million encounters right now on the border. Mm-hmm. Just recently, probably in the last six eight months. I think you've probably seen this. Some of our governors in the United States have been doing some crazy stuff. You wouldn't be talking about that guy down in Florida, would you? Florida, Texas, and Arizona governors. So I, would Doug Ducey. Say, I would say old DeSantis has taken the cake on the next to Ducey and Abbott. I don't know. Are I think, okay, me? so Ducey and Abbott, right? So you have Ducey, who's Arizona's governor, uh, Greg Abbott, who is Texas's governor. They have been um, bussing people from the border. So what happens is, guys, is that... Um, State law enforcement, they encounter illegal immigrants. They're they're essentially saying, hey, would you like to jump on this bus, Greyhound or whatever it is, and you can go to a sanctuary city where they allow illegal immigration. They provide you know bedding, food, things like that. Because right now, honestly, we are going to detain you and we're going to process you in the same way as we would with anybody else because it's illegal to do this. But there are these sanctuary cities that are allowing for this. And so certain illegal immigrants come across the border or overstay their visas, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And they decide, yep, you know what? I'd rather go to one of these you know, sanctuary cities. Washington, D.C. being one of them. New York City being another one of them. Recently, of course, Martha's Vineyard being one of them. And these cities have essentially announced to the world that these cities will not incriminate people for being illegal or, or undocumented in the United States. Now, one thing that's common with all these cities, if you notice, they're not near the border. They're essentially kind of thousands of miles away. Exactly. They're very hard to get to in most cases if you're coming across the Mexico border, which is a majority of these illegal illegal immigrants. And so these sanctuary cities kind of have tried to, I'm going to say a little bit of a PR message. Right? What would you say, Jerry? Is that the right terminology? It kind of feels like it's... Well said. it's, It's fake. It's a little like... It, it's making a promise that you know no one's going to take you up on it. Bingo. Like, hey, if you're here already, great. But we're if you gonna... find a way to get to the 5,000 miles away from me, I'll let you in. Exactly. So I think what yeah, Doug Ducey, 3, 000, yeah, but Doug Ducey and, oh, hey, if they're coming from South America, probably 5,000. Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah. Nicaragua, yeah. Ecuador, and things like that. So um, Doug Ducey and, and um, uh Greg Abbott, they've yeah. been bussing people over there. 50 people, 60 people a bus, and they've been doing it for months. Uh, recently, you guys probably know this one. This one is probably the highest made in the news, and I'm going to let you kind of elaborate on this one because you've already kind of mentioned Mr. DeSantis, uh, the governor from Florida, kind of went above and beyond with his messaging. So DeSantis, I mean, look, you know, I know he's... He's a love or hate guy, I think. I think he's pretty polarizing at this point. <laughs> But I almost think like it's it's all a fucking game. What he's trying to do, I know he's trying to live in Trump's shadows. But then all of a sudden, Trump is not threatening, but making allusions to running in twenty twenty four. So now they're having a little <laughs> pissing contest. It's weird, man. So DeSantis is 
love or hate, hit or miss. Yeah. But he's almost trying to make a mockery out of it, right? The the whole sanctuary city thing. Exactly. He's like, guys, we actually deal with this every day. Yeah. And Florida's been a weird one where Cubans. I was just about to say Cuba. I mean, you go to Miami? Cuba. It is Cuba. <laughs> it's, it's Little Havana. Oh, yeah. But the funny thing is Florida actually has allowed for it. Because Cuba is one of those places that they kind of said, hey, guys, um, if you make it to our beach, you probably are a pretty strong individual. And so Florida's always kind of had a weird immigration policy compared to the rest of the United States where I think it wasn't Florida's direct policy, but they're the ones that have dealt with it historically. So I got to ask, so, you know, you, you specifically mentioned Martha's Vineyard and they were recently in the news, probably by the time this airs, let's go two or three weeks ago now. Yeah. Of busing people out. Oh, no. So the plane landed from Florida. Yeah. I think it was 40 but, or 50 illegal immigrants. Room. So DeSantis sends yep. to Martha's Vineyard. And the Martha's Vineyard... 24 hours later. Buses them out. Within 24 hours. Now, I don't know where the bus went. Hmm. But... So that's not even an empty promise. Like, hey, I know I'm 5,000 miles away from you, but... That's literally just a slogan that someone ran on and like, oh, oh shit, you took me up on it? This is one of the highest net worth zip codes in the world. In the probably. world, yeah. Maybe. Probably in the world, probably honestly. Country, like, the world, yeah. Right, this is a very, very wealthy area. There are homes there. 1% of the 1%. Yeah, and these, these, are, these are homes that have 10, 15, 20 bedrooms. That are vacant for nine, 10 months out of the year? Bingo. They have plenty of resources, right? They have plenty of rooms. Plenty of work. Probably, honestly. And Landscaping and house cleaning, things like that. And even if they don't even get work, there's plenty of money there if they want to just give it away. True. Right? Good point. I didn't even think about that. Right? Um, Shame on me. All I'm thinking is that this is one of those situations where it kind of sh like pulls the curtain aside and says, okay, guys, what are we doing here? Because there are states that are actually having real problems. If you go down to Texas. Arizona. Arizona. Texas is really dealing with this mostly, though, because there's a lot of border towns. Arizona has a couple of them. Right. Texas has a lot of border towns where there's a lot of illegal crossings. And you have cities with a population of 10, 20,000 people with over 1,000 people coming over a day. What are you supposed to do as a small city, a small town? It can overtake you in a matter of a week. Overtake you and, and your resources? It's very daunting and i think the problem there is that you have officials that are in dc washington making these decisions for this little tiny mayor and they're like guys what do we do they're too far removed bingo they're too far removed i mean i i, I don't know like the whole busing or, or plane you know etc it, it's fun it, it's not fun it, it's headlines but it's not really fixing the problem Agreed. It's it's not even close to getting the root cause of it, but I don't disagree with it, it because how it, the hell else can yeah. you? These little border towns are not exactly thriving economies. Mm -hmm. So now you dilute the shit out of the population, and what little work was in the city now you either undermine the hell out of it or devastated these poor working class families. So I don't disagree with dispersing them. If if. The Biden administration isn't going to crack down. If Kamala is not going to do the necessary actions that she needs to do, th then so be it. But I don't think it's on these border states and these border towns to shoulder the entire blame. No, you imagine this border town that let's let's say they're ranchers or they're they're uh, crop farmers of some sort, right? 
and you have 10,000 people, probably a third of them are probably in the agricultural field. Let's, let's just say. Agreed. And then, and then probably another third is supporting. I think a third maybe. Okay, fine. Yeah. If, if you're going to give me two thirds, either in the field or in a supporting field. Exactly. Right. You know, like a mechanic that fixes tractors is supporting a third. Yep. And then the other third is probably like just normal commerce. Yeah. Um, Gas stations. Exactly. Grocery stores. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you have all these individuals that are coming across the border and they were used to, you know, a dollar to two dollars wages. And they're coming across the border. And as soon as they hit American soil, they can get paid 10 to $15 an, a, a day or sorry, an hour for an agricultural job. And they're looking at you saying, I'll do it for 10. I'll do it for eight. I'll do it for six. They negotiate against themselves every because it's eight times better than what they were getting. Every single person in that city now has downward pressure on their wages. And so when you're up in Martha's Vineyard and you're up in Washington, D.C. or New York City and you're a sanctuary city, you don't understand how dramatic of an impact that is to a small 10,000 person town on the border. You're not there. You don't live that day in it. You haven't had to deal with the hot summers where you're out in a field raising, you know, cattle or whatnot and driving them across, you know, a hundred miles. That's, that's a hard job. And all of a sudden you now get paid half as much, or if you even want to do the job anymore. Not to mention the silent thief right now with inflation. Oh my God. Because it's a simultaneous game. So not only is every good and service raising its prices, but now in these border towns, you're being negotiated against. So, it, I, I mean, dude, two-front war all day long, right? Rough. That... Hell, you just went to the grocery store. It, it, $50, $50 more than I normally would spend two years ago. $50 more. I, I so spot, that's every week. I spent $150 for three, four years, every single week, consecutively. That's how much I spent for my weekly grocery bill. I'm at 210, no matter what. That's $60. I was actually thinking I was gonna be at 230, but you know, the whole like discounting yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Got me at 205 today. Um, I'm paying $50 more, and every time I look at that, I'm thinking, I do that four, to- four times a month. And you know, miscellaneous stuff, I'm at a thousand bucks for my grocery bill. For a family of three? What? Well, three and a half. I don't count them yet. I, it's <laughs> funny we had that argument. I don't count that yet because he's not really eating any food. I am, yeah. Yeah, but still. <clears throat> three three people and, and we're at $1,000 a month in groceries? Let's say probably with all the little parties and little things here and there, I'm at $15,000 a year for groceries. Just to eat. And, and mind you, you don't eat out uh-uh. ever. I am... It's not like we're buying all organic either. It's like we're buying whole foods. We buy nothing processed. Like there's no cereal in our house. There's no box foods. We buy canned items and we buy fruits, vegetables, meats, and dairy. It's not like we're, you know, trying to buy expensive stuff. So that is that is crazy how American families are dealing with that. Dude, I'm feeling it as well. I mean, it it's unreal. It's just Brit and I. Yeah. And it's probably about a buck twenty a week yeah. for us. Just for two people? Yeah. A mm. um, couple things in here and then we'll get into our opinions. So some, I wanted to go through some of these interesting takes that I always like to talk, take down because it's so crazy here. Um, so no state is required to provide uh, what they call aliens, I guess, in the federal law, but really illegal immigrants who are unlawfully in the country with a driver's license. How the hell do you get a driver's license? 
but 13 states and the District of Columbia currently do so. So 13 states, including California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Nevada, New Mexico, New York, Utah, Vermont, and Washington, all will provide a legal immigrant with a driver's license, thus making them have a major form identification used by all other U.S. citizens. How crazy is that? Well, that's wrong. That's what the majority of U.S. states say, but these 13 say, yeah, we'd rather have you pass the driving test. First of all, does does D.C. have its own driver's license? Yes. I didn't know that. I'm taking your beer right there, buddy. Sorry. Um, dude, I'm sorry. I, I try and I'm pretty effective. I think as far as broadening my horizon and broadening my scope, as far as thought process, I can't get there. That's weird, right? No, that's not. That means that you can, that means that's an incorrect word. It's not weird. It's wrong. Wrong W word. You can pretty much, if you have a driver's license, I almost expect you're a U.S. citizen. Yes. That's a reasonable expectation. Like? It's a federal, it's, it's not federal, it's a government-issued uh, uh, identification, yeah. photo ID, which we use for a lot of things. Driver's license is the most common used piece of identification that's used. Yeah. 100%. I, I don't think, the only time I ever use my passport is when I'm leaving the country. Exactly. And driver's license will suffice for any other thing. Bingo. Okay. To that's, that's getting one. married, I think you only have to show your driver's, driver's license. license. Yeah. Okay, so here's the next wow. one. Wow. Okay. As the date of this publication, which was a couple uh, years back, 19 states offer in-state tuition to illegal aliens. If you go to Michigan as an out-of-state Arizonian, and you want to go to... UM. Yep. Michigan State, University of Michigan, or, or sorry, Michigan State. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to pay out-of-state tuition as an Arizonian, me or you, right? We're both here in Arizona. We live here. We have an out-of-state license or out-of-state address. We're going to pay probably between forty dollars to $60,000 a year for tuition. If I go there as a, a legal immigrant, I pay in-state tuition. Here's one thing that's going to piss you off. I know this is going to strike a chord. Until I heard that, <clears throat> you said 19 states? 19 states. Until I heard that, I always thought it was so cool that colleges offer either active duty or veterans in-state tuition. But it sounds like almost half of our country treats veterans and active duty military the same. Now, I understand I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cherry picking data points that I want to use there. But from that metric alone, those 19 states. You can't from say a half, col- but let's say 19 states treat active duty I mean, what, I'm six off yeah. six off from half well i would say those 19 states are the half that you're probably mentioning here um so 19 states are treating veterans active duty which i would say are in the same category yeah to the exact same as any illegal immigrant yep and and not trying to say that active and veterans are the same thing but i would say a, a u.s citizen is closer to a active duty or veteran to an illegal immigrant held a lot closer to me but they don't get the exact same benefit so that is that's so fucking freaking crazy. wrong that's so wrong 
I told you these are interesting takes. 19 states offer illegal immigrants in-state tuition. And these are big these are big universities, right? Just out of curiosity. And I don't know if you've ever had this conversation with some of your clients, Cody, because I haven't. If I'm an illegal immigrant, can I go to a bank or credit union and... If you have a driver's license. I guess open up an account and get a loan. If I have a driver's license. So it's funny, when I was reading through that, I was wondering, what are all the benefits of having a driver's license? Opening a checking account at a bank? You can't do that without some type of federal or government-issued ID. So that that driver's license right there. So that tells you right now, and if there's 13 states... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a take on these two fun facts that you just hit me with. I got a lot of them because these are oh, crazy. I think, I still think, so I don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm pissed about the in-state tuition because they're the same equivalent benefit that our vets and active duty get. But I will push back still and I still think the government issued ID is more wrong. Or a wronger, to kind of allude back to an earlier episode. Yeah. What's wronger? <laughs> no, I think they are, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's, that's horrible. Okay, so here's funny. Here's a funny take. This is from a, another Harvard professor, Dr. Briggs, I believe. He said, if illegal immigrants is, it was in such great numbers to high-skill jobs, what he compares to professors, lawyers, and medical doctors, the debate would not be occurring at all in public policy and would have already demanded reform not only by the general entire population, but all policymakers. But because illegal immigrants are... Currently, 81% of low-skill, low-income jobs. Policymakers have decided that the law of supply and demand does not apply. Is that not some Ivy Tower? If you if you think through that process, I would say 100% of our listeners would say, you know what, that's so true. If... There were people coming over in, in troves, and, and the 81% was the opposite. 81% high-skill occupations. Every single person in America would be freaking out, and they would say, nope, we're not allowing for this anymore. And, of course, most politicians, of course, fall in that category because a lot of them are, are, are attorneys or business owners before they become policymakers. They wouldn't want that. And so because... These illegal, illegal immigrants that are are flooding kind of the market, the uh, job supply, they're taking jobs that in traditionally are, are kind of lower income areas. They're like, yeah, don't worry about it. That's kind of messed up, huh? That's horrible. Isn't that exactly, that makes sense, right? That makes so much sense that I'm actually pissed that I've never thought about that. Just, Have you? Prior no, to reading that? I read heard? that and I read that. I was like, that's why I'm writing this down. I was like, this guy's a genius. I'm so pissed that I've never thought about that. How wrong? Right? How wrong of me to not think about that? Because it's true. You know if there was somebody out there lobbying for your job that came over and that's going to do it for, let's say, a third of the price point, and you're a doctor, and they're going to do just as good a job, but because they're from some other country and they overstayed their visa or whatever it is, and they're going to take your job now at a hospital as a neurosurgeon, it would be fixed tomorrow. Exactly. Not one, not one of those people would ever allow for that again. But unfortunately, those are the people that are powers 
And they're saying, you know what? I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. We need to offer them a better way of life. Yet you're affecting lower income Americans. I read that and that, that almost made me tear up on the plane. I was like, that is one of those situations that I, I don't want to, I'm trying to put myself in that position because that's what other Americans are, are having to deal with. But they're not having to do it with, you know, 150, $200,000, $300,000 a year earning jobs. They're having to do it with $40,000 a year earning jobs. Exactly. And getting pushed down to 30. Bingo. Hard labor jobs. Hard labor. Shit that Americans have proven. Bingo. We won't even do hard labor anymore. We're so soft. <laughs> it's funny. I was the other day when I heard somebody lobbying or, or kind of telling me, hey, yeah, my job, we deserve $18 an hour. They were working as like a barista, like a tea shop or something like that. And I was like, dude, I think bricklayers make $18 an hour on average. Like, Your job's not harder than a bricklayer. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's not. Any fast food restaurant worker that demands a higher wage to a construction job, no. Hell no. And then as soon as that happens- Construction the, workers, they have to wake up at like three in the fucking morning. Yes. In Arizona, you're working at 110, 115 degrees outside in the sun, hard labor, backbreaking, right? And so what happens though is that guess what? That guy, if he can go get a barista job at $18 an hour, he's going to do that. So what happens? That pushes the wages up higher. And, and this is something I was talking about with my wife the other day. The construction guy, let's say he's a bricklayer, which is required for all, let's, or, or, or let's say he's a framer, I'm sorry, for all homes built in Arizona. Let's say he's making $20 an hour. And now there's a barista job that is $18. Okay, well, shit, that's pretty damn close. I'm going to go do that because it's a lot easier. Yeah. What happens? Sweat my ass the off. framers now have to get paid more money. So now you're going to pay them $25 because there has to be a $7, $8 split for it to be noticeable. Well, now what just happened to all the homes in that market? They just went up. Now that barista can't afford a home. All baristas can't afford a home. So all you did is just took the problem and accentuated it. That's what inflation is kind of occurring, right? Okay, uh, let me see if there's one more in here, and then we'll go into our hurts, last 10 minutes of a don't, don't hit me with another stat like that. I know, I know. That's uh, hard. That's hard. Okay, ambiguous. Okay, so this is my last one. Um, so currently overstaying your visa is a civil offense. Not criminal? So huh. under federal law, huh. it's a civil offense. Should it be considered a federal crime? And I was kind of thinking through this. I was thinking, hmm, okay. Well, would trespassing... So let's say I go to a college right, for all of our college listeners, and I'm in the dorms, and uh, May, June hit, and it's time to go home to summer, and I said, you know what, I don't have really a home, I kind of like it in my fun city, I'm just going to hang out this dorm for the next two, three months until school starts back up, that's trespassing, that's illegal, that's a, that, that's a criminal, criminal offense, not only a large fine, but actually some jail time in some cases, right, okay, cool, so um, Overstaying, you're welcome in both cases. Bingo. Uh, <clears throat> taxes. April 18th? 15th, yeah. 15th. April 15th. I have to pay my taxes. And if I don't, let's say I want to pay them three years late, four years late. Is that illegal? Federal offense. A little bit. Federal offense. That is a criminal federal offense. And in some cases, we'll land you a lot of time in jail. Five, seven, ten years. Okay. 
I'm renewing my car registration. You know what? I don't want to do it. I'm going to do it in four or five years. Car registration, four or 500 bucks. It has a specific date and time expires. Very similar to a visa. I don't do it. And you know what? Do I even really need to do it in three, four years? All of these cases are very similar to a visa expiring. Yet, I don't think anybody ever thinks that it's a problem. Right? What do you think about that? I know. Right. So I think it's a problem because of who it's impacting. I can't get off that second stat that you shared. Low not income. Really yeah, because all these policymakers, I know they're for the people and by the Let's people. Let's be honest, they're bullshit. not for the people. Yeah. They are any policymaker that you could name has Richie Rich money. Like well, they all have, of them backed by it. Yeah, all of them are wealthy as shit. They have to get a donor, and to have a donor like that, you got to know the right people. Sh- yeah, they know the right people. Yeah. And they stayed in with them. And then once you know one donor, you know 20 of them. Like, you can't name any type of lawmaker, policymaker, whatever you want to call them. You, you can't name one that's not a multimillionaire, probably. Oh, no. They just got in. That's the only reason they would, yeah. And those aren't the people being impacted by, by these 81% that are coming in. And because of that, they don't have to worry about you know, overstaying at a college because these people aren't going to college. This is for us. We go to college. Right? And, and that's why it's honestly kind of laughable. And I, I wish I had the, the data to, to back this, but I, I think I can make this take. And how many of the illegal immigrants are, are going to the 19 states for intuition, in-state tuition? Is that like, is that a norm you think? Or is that just kind of like very similar to Martha's Vineyard, like they're touting something like, oh, this is how much I support them. I'm going to do this. Knowing damn well that they don't back them up on it. Is that, is that one of those empty, empty promises, empty, empty handouts almost? I don't think it's in the millions, but I actually, so what probably happens is the DACA students. So I don't think we talked about this, but a lot of illegal immigrants, what, what they do is, of course, they're here and then they have children. The children are the ones that go to college. The children are citizens. So they're not illegal, right? I know. They're not illegal. Um, You know, we didn't get into that. We should do that. That'd be a cool episode. Should illegal immigrants' children be children or be U.S. citizens automatically because of natural born rights? Because it's an interesting one. I know. It's one of those things that's like, it's been here forever, right? And we did that on purpose as we founded our country. Well, that's one of the foundational, like, non-negotiables of becoming a U.S. president. Is you have to be born in America. Natural born. But here's the weird thing. Most countries, especially in Europe, don't do that. You know why? It's so easy to go across the border and have a child. Last thing France and Germany and England want to do is make sure that, oh, you just take the train across the border, have your child, and then all of a sudden, now you have a dual citizenship. Mm. Right? And so it's very actually uncommon for most countries. Like, we're kind of an outlier in that effect. Hmm. So anyways, that'd be a fun one to do. Because it is, a, it is, it is an odd one. Okay, so getting into our opinions, we got let's say five minutes left. Okay, um, illegal immigration, the repercussions, so they outweigh the benefits to it because so there are here, benefits. Here's where I'm at. <clears throat> Do you remember the Brittany Griner episode that we did a few weeks ago? Oh yeah. 
Do you remember how both of us kind of stacked hands saying, yep, she clearly broke the law? Yeah. But then we also, in borderline the same breath, said nine years is way too freaking much? Yeah. Do you know how, how long it takes to become a U.S. citizen, like the process? Eight, ten years. Seven to ten is what I said. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, eight to ten, fine. I'm going to equate that to the same. So as I alluded to earlier in the second beer part, I think it takes way too freaking long. I don't think illegal immigrants are bad for the U.S. economy because I think we have proven as a country, we are the most immigrant population in the world. But I also think that we've proven over the last two years, especially that Americans are fucking lazy. We're entitled, lazy people as a whole. We're almost depending on on the immigration, the immigrants to take all the jobs that we don't want to do, which is not good. No, I think it's hor- that's I such see. a defeatist mindset. So uh, I see what you're saying. While I disagree with illegal immigration, I actually the root cause is I disagree with the process. Taking seven to ten years, you can become a fucking doctor in less time. Okay, so right now I think our immigration policy converts over a, a million right at a million u.s uh-huh. citizens a year okay so if it takes less time that means we're, we're going to bump up that number because really we have a cap every year that's why that we, we why it takes seven to ten yep. years so we have a cap and we i think there's literally a million u.s citizens uh citizenships granted a year mm-hmm. so you're saying hey let's let's make that cap higher yeah to make sure that we let's, can bring more people in, kind of weed them out. Let's let's. Should we make it harder, or should we just say, "Hey, you know what? No, we're gonna do three million a year." Um, so th- that's where it gets kind of tricky. So I don't necessarily say harder, right? But I would like to see quality individuals that get a chance because I don't think every person that comes across illegally is a member of the cartel that you know the news makes them out to be. No, no. But do you think they kind of get a bad rap? I think this is a father or a young husband that's like, oh shit, I got to do better for my family. I can't do that in Guatemala. I can't do that in Nicaragua. I can't do it in X, right? So they make a family decision, very similar to the story that you shared earlier in this episode series, I'm sorry, in this podcast series, where your dad made a very hard fucking decision. Now, granted, it wasn't moving countries, but it was completely moving everything he knew to an unknown territory, Hard. better for his family hard but then all of a sudden let's say let's say you know fill in the blank person comes in oh sir that'll be seven to ten years well fuck my i could be dead my son could be dead my 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 wife could be dead i live in a shitty area so they make a ballsy decision very similar to bob willis so hard right so for that reason i understand why they do it i can't officially support it but i understand why they do it and i think it's a broken process why they do it Okay, I like it. You know, I've always, this has been a challenging one for me. I, I understand all the problems that it has, but also people are people. And I, I think that's what you're trying to say right now, right? You're trying to say, hey, you know what? There are people that have problems and they're going to make a dramatic impact on their family to make this decision. It could be a fail or it could be a win. The cool thing with America is it feels like it's going to be a win, right? And so you it's got a like, chance to win. It's like, hey, you know what? How many people from Ecuador or from... Guatemala are going to China. 
one percent of them, maybe of the people that are moving. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, they're not going there. They're not going to Poland. They're not going to France. They're not going to England. There's a reason that we are the spot for immigrants. Yep. Because guess what? You get a fucking chance. You get a chance. We don't get care. A chance. We don't care where you're from. We don't care any of that stuff. What we care about is that can you work hard? And I agree with you. And I love that people that come here work way harder than Americans. It's actually something that I get very, very frustrated with. We've already brought that up. Immigrants work fucking hard. Hard. Okay. So you What's want your them. take, man? We want them. I know. I'm trying to get there. Yeah. We want immigrants to come here. The only thing that I would want to do is just create... I like, I like having a, a tap out at a number. So a million right now is what we're doing. But how we have it set up is it's just a million. There are no qualifications of that million. So the only thing that I would change in our immigration policies, I, I might actually bump it. Million feels a little old. Okay, let's make it easier. Let's go, let's say a million and a half. That's a lot. That's, that's, I'm, I am literally 50% X on that. That's a big difference. Increase. Many people cannot increase anything by 50%. So let's go 1.5. Love it. Okay. But I want qualifications. I want just like Canada, just like many European countries. If you're going to become a citizenship citizen of our country, I need you to fall into having a skill set that our country currently needs. So no different than a company, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, no different than a company saying, "Hey, I need engineers. Hey, I need Bingo. sales. Hey, I need reception." Bingo. The U.S. is going to say, hey, I need... Bingo. So there's going to be a list, and let's say that 1.5 million people, 200,000 of those people, agricultural workers. 500,000 of those people, construction. So so by raising it 50%, yep. what you effectively do is take the 7 to 10-year process to 3.5 to 5-year process, right? Uh-huh. And I also get more qualified Americans that come in. Right, I get people that are filling jobs and not just taking jobs from the people that are already here. Right, the last thing I want is that I just let's say I just had an immigrant come over here a couple of years ago, and now they're working a pretty good job, but they're not seeing any type of upward mobility in their class. They're not seeing any type of wage increase because they're getting so much downward pressure from new immigrants. What do you mean by that? So, do you like my how qualifications? About this? How about this? Okay, go ahead. How about this? Love your qualifications, not like them. I love your qualifications. I like your 50%, but I want to raise it another 50. Let's double Let's double it, but here's here's it. Well, actually, doubling mine, I think, is 1.75, but... What the fuck ever. <laughs> you cannot receive government benefits oh, for the first five years of your citizenship. Ooh. So, of course, police and fire. I'm talking about... Uncle Sam cannot hand you a check for X amount of time and I just threw out five years. So I want to double your quota that way because I still think three and a half to five years is still way long. Okay, so I don't mind with the number actually. I think the number is not that big of a deal. But here's my here's one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is that if a undocumented worker comes across the border tomorrow and they need a kidney transplant, they need heart surgery and they go to the emergency room. They get free service. Free. That'd be a government benefit, right? So Medicaid 
<clears throat> is required or has required all hospitals to take hospital emergency service no matter what. So if I show up in there and my heart, I just got a gunshot wound. Garnished wages until it's recouped. You do not receive. I go to a different country. One. Okay. Damn. But you do not receive. But receive I receive the benefit here. One blood nickel. You know, if you're going to dip set after one surgery and then move to X. Damn. I can't control. I can't ever get to 100% solution. You know that. Company. I got it. I got you. I got you. But if I tell you, you can't receive one blood nickel of taxpayer money outside of police and fire, you know, sewage, shit like that. You can't receive one blood nickel off taxpayer money for the first five years. So it's almost a probationary period. Yeah. So you hey, are you trying to be a citizen? Or you try to suck off us. So you're saying, hey, you know what? If you're going to come across the border illegally, nope, you're going to document right away. You can stay here for three to five years as you work towards your citizenship. We're all right with that. Yeah. But you're documented. You're, you're essentially a forced visa. And if you overstay your visa, you're getting deported immediately. But during that visa process, three to five years, we know that we're going to guarantee you citizenship because we're going to increase our amount. <clears throat> now, if there's any type of government benefits that you require, you are paying all of it during that period. And then we're also going to require during your citizenship to all, that's the only one that's a little funky for me. During your first, you have essentially a discounted citizenship for your first five years of citizenship. Is that what you're kind of saying? Mm -hmm. You're like, hey, citizenship. You're an American with an asterisk. That that's asterisk goes away after you actually provide benefit to the society. Yep. That's the only one I don't know if I, I like. I think it's... You're essentially still on a visa. You know what I'm saying? No, I do. I do, 100%. What's the benefit of me having a citizenship at this point? What, you get why? to vote. Okay. So I get to vote. And I also maybe... I get to show that I'm American now. Uh, okay. You, you not just show. You get to prove that you're American. Hey, guys... Not a green I came card. here. I came here for this. Look at what I did over the last five years. I didn't accept one nickel from Uncle Sam. I actually contributed twenty thousand dollars of the last five years in taxpayer money. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if just making the visas easier to get. I don't know what the right answer there is. I do think that we should. What do you think about my hybrid there? Yeah, I like it. Taking like your idea and, and going there. No, I like it. I like it. Um, I do think qualifications matter because you know what's funny. Canada does this. A lot of other countries do this. Okay, we need X amount of engineers. Australia does this. Me and you probably can't go to nope. get Australian citizenships or Canada because we don't have any of the things that they need. That's weird to think about, right? Isn't that funny? We're like, you very, and I are, are very fortunate here in America. We both, we both make you know, yeah, good decent money. salaries. Yeah. yeah. And we could not. Go become citizens over there. Isn't that crazy to think about? Okay, guys, let's close this thing out. Um, good ideas, I think, for both of us. This is a complicated one. You know, if we had another immigration episode that Jared alluded to, did not even remember, and I still thought this was fun. Well, it was new stuff. We took a different take. I think because, so too. Because the other one, episode 26, was about the crisis. Like, yeah. the, the literal, like, hundreds of thousands of people damn near a week were coming over. I love it. Okay, guys, give us a follow on Instagram. Um, also, send us a DM if you have any great ideas about new episodes. Um, really yep. appreciate you guys listening so today. So, over the next, uh, you know, couple months, at least once a week, we're going to be posting for, for new episode ideas. Um, while Cody and I think we're getting it right, you know, 
like Cody's Canada connection, we're going to be talking about grass. So I, I promise you, we've been friends for 20 years. I don't think we ever would have put down grass on our episode list. So, you know, if there's something that you've had a controversial discussion with a friend, coworker, family member, et cetera, let us know. We, we actually enjoy researching weird shit. How did that like last Thanksgiving's dinner go by, right? With the family. Oh, dude, we're definitely making a post on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Hey, what, 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 did, Uncle, uncle? what, what did Uncle Billy talk about <laughs> that pissed you off? Love you guys. See ya. Bye.